yourself after <laughs> and would you please welcome to the stage the director Jamie Blanks the writer Everett DeRoche actor John Brumpton and do we have Robert here as well yeah we've got yep. Robert Taylor as well right and Robert Taylor please welcome all to the stage we do have a roaming mic with our lovely Usher here so if you'd just like to indicate if you have any questions and um, we can raise the mic up to you and then we can all hear the question um, Jamie, would you like to just perhaps um, start us off a little bit um, <laughs> and just maybe give us a nice little background to the film? And, um, and, yeah, and I, I got the script for the movie um, from, uh, from Arclight and I believe Everett had written it 25 years ago or something during the heyday of Aussie genre cinema and it had gone unproduced all that time. Well, there was a few directors attached to it before I came to the project, right? Maybe Brian Trench and Smith at one point was going to do it? Yeah, yeah. I think I've sold the option about five times on You must be sorry we finally made it. We could have kept selling it out there for you for a while. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so um, it, it, it had a long history. It, it, it dates back to that period. So um, it's, it's got a little bit of a retro feel to the movie, which I really like. The other interesting thing about the film, just on a technical level, is the... Um, all the rain is digitally uh, inserted into the film. We weren't allowed because of water restrictions to use water like that. So um, it's all digital rain and, and digital clouds and weather effects. So um, some exceptionally uh, good CGI in that movie. Well, it's, it, mm. it truly it's is exceptional. most of the time, which is nice. So. Yeah. <laughs> now, do we have any questions for any of our guests? This is going to be really easy. Oh, oh yes, we've got one. Yes, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Let's start it. <laughs> thank you. Don't get off that easy, guys. Um, <laughs> fantastic. Congratulations. Thanks, really mate. loved it. Really enjoyed it. Um, great performances. Great great craft. Great everything. Um, love the humour and things like the little neighbourhood watch sign. Yeah, I'm glad you got that it was actually supposed to be a comedy <laughs> under all that. <laughs> very, very entertaining. Um, just curious about um, how a film like that gets through. I see a lot of sort of funding body support, FFC... Film Vic and all that sort of thing. Just curious about the process of sort of developing something or funding something like that. We didn't go in through their um, their script assessment window. We went in through a marketplace deal. So we had a distribution uh, kind of plan figured out in advance, and, that, and they kind of just approved it based on that. Is that right, Pete? Something like that. Yeah, yeah. That's Pete for the producer up there too, by the way. <laughs> Yeah, that's, that's how it got through those funding bodies. Um, I was surprised as anyone else, actually, that we got that film with all those uh, government agencies attached to it, but um, it, was, it was good that they got involved. Another quick one, too. Um, I um, saw some similarities. I suppose this c comes back to Ev. Um, things like uh, I Spit on Your Grave with kind of the, the feminist retribution. Yeah, we saw it as Goldilocks and the Three Bears meets I Spit on Your Grave, and I've always thought it was a long overdue collaboration with those two uh, <laughs> stories. <laughs> Um, and uh, also just wondering how much CGI there was apart from the weather stuff and, and what 800 shots I believe uh, right yeah, yeah, I, yeah I, 750 750 <laughs> CGI shots so it was all shot at the Dockland Studios um, once, once we got to the farmhouse that is there was a few locations out at Turretin and Werribee and things like that but the farmhouse was built as a stage and um, we had to strip away the, the lighting grid and everything else and that was done by rotoscoping hand rotoscoping because we couldn't put blue screens up and um, so it was an incredibly uh, painstaking process. Only done by really one guy and a couple of guys assisting him with a few things. But the wallaby, the uh, one that she kills at the table, that was CGI'd. We had an animatronic one that um, didn't work so well and it sort of was on the same frequency as the headset. So as soon as they fired up the sound cut, the poor thing started spassing out a little bit. <laughs> so that had to be CGI'd. And um, 
what else did we do that was uh, all, obviously all those hooks and wires and things going into Matthew, um, the initial launch of the trap, that was a CGI element. Um, even the exploding uh, torso at the end in the fan, when the shit hits the fan sort of thing, that was all CGI. Um, and they were, I mean, it was 750 shots, so like all the rain, all the, all the weather, all the clouds that you saw at the start too, we had blue skies. That, that on the day we shot that, so that was all uh, basically giant blue screen that the CGI guys could just put things into. And if you look closely, there's a lot of handheld moving camera stuff, and they tracked all those things frame by frame. And I just every time I see it, I'm amazed how good those effects look. You know, they're very, very effect- convincing. Absolutely, I couldn't pick any CGI shots. I wondered about the clouds and stuff. Mm, that was all uh, yeah, added later here. Great. I had a quick one for Ev. Um, inspirations, if you can remember, Ev. Uh, Twenty years ago, was it? Yeah, it was, it was actually more than that. It was, oh, gee. Uh, I guess the inspiration was my kids bringing home slasher films. <laughs> and I thought I might be able to, to do better. <laughs> it's actually the only, the only slasher film I've, I've attempted. So, Tell them uh, about the inspiration for the, um, the surprise. Oh, yes, that's... Vagina dentata? Credit to my wife, Chris, up there. We had a, a young baby at the time. And, you know, those little... Uh, baby wipe things, you know, and if you stick your finger into one, you know, it's hard to get out, so if it was made out of metal. <laughs> Not quite the necessity as the mother of all, of all inventions, but... <laughs> yeah, that girl wasn't going to be raped. No. <laughs> I don't want to hog, but one last quick one. Um, yeah. Any thoughts on the whole new digital filmmaking thing? Like, are red cameras any good? And what did you shoot this on? And no, this was shot on the um, Sony F900. And um, I just shot a picture with an ARRI digital system. And um, while I, mean, I, I love film, I really think film's wonderful. And uh, it's just, it just you really, I don't think digital quite touches the look of it yet. There's so many things you can do on digital that you can't do on film, like roll for half an hour without cutting. And having the makeup girls come in and slow you down and all that. Like, you know, I mean, you can literally roll for half an hour if you want to. And I've done that <laughs> to get through sort of t- tough schedules. And um, you just can't do those sort of things on film, especially for a long way out. Like we just shot a film at Wilson's Promontory. We remade Long Weekend. And there was no lab you know, within Kuiya, that place. So digital made a lot more sense in that instance. Um, you know, I'm not quite ready to say film's dead yet, but it's coming. It will die very soon, you know, so, yeah. <laughs> Might be one of the last chances we get to use film you know, in the next few years, but uh, I don't know much about the red there. You know, I, I haven't worked with it very much. I'm doing a film now with the red, the, the right, loved one. Yeah, right. they're, uh, yeah. They're going to use that camera. Yeah, right. they're using it. Yeah, so I've so, heard good things about it. But yeah, so I, I believe it's been used on a couple of films. Alkinos Silamidos is shooting his film on the red down in Tasmania. I heard they're going to shoot the next Bond movie on red or something. Yeah. Any more questions in the audience? Why to remake it? Because uh, uh, it didn't do so well uh, locally as it did internationally. It just was one of those things. I loved the story so much, and it seemed so timely um, that you know Everett was so ahead of his time. I thought in the seventies with that uh, with that concept, and I knew so few people who had seen the original film, even amongst all my film school buddies and stuff. It was. Mm-hmm. It was Pretty obscure. I think I know, I know more people from overseas who knew the movie. And it was 30-year anniversary coming up, and I was doing Storm Warning with Everett, and it just seemed like a really good thing to, to tackle next. I thought, if we can get that story out to a wider audience. And I knew I could attract some good actors with that material too. So it just seemed like a, 
you know, a fun thing to try and do. You know, and there's never been an Australian film remade before, so it was kind of that, that seemed like a good one to try and do. So. Yeah, you didn't consider Mad Max. Oh, I would have loved to have remade Mad Max, but I think there's a few <laughs> obstacles that might be standing in my way to do that. <laughs> It got released uh, on, on DVD, this movie, but um, uh, there's no guarantee that Long Weekend will, will have any better uh, fate. It's just you know one of those things. There's half the amount of movies playing in cinemas at this time than there were last year. Um, more and more people, myself included, are watching everything at home now. I mean, it's so expensive to go to the movies. There's people on their mobile phones. There's all those distractions. I don't know that you get that much value for your money going to the cinema that much anymore, and I think a lot of people are voting with their feet and watching films at home, so I'll be interested to see how it pans out, but, um, you know... It's just a strange time, I think, for theatrical release, especially for local films without, you know, big-name actors in them. And it's just That's right. Yeah, that's right. It did in some territories. Just, just sad that you can't get an Australian uh, genre film onto the screen in Australia. You know, it's just a bit of an unfortunate situation at the moment. We would we'd all, we'd all like that. Um, my main concern is that it makes its budget back, though, and um, that I don't make a film that loses money, and so far, you know, so, so good. But, you know, as long as it makes its money back, that's OK. We get to make another one after that. It was, that's right. It was sold that way. Exactly. The Weinsteins bought it for a theatrical release and decided not to do it. And it's coming after films like Grindhouse and things that have really tanked and they've lost money on their, um, you know, a lot of their, their theatrical movies, so they played it safe with this one. It's just timing. Yeah. Well done. <laughs> Maybe if we could um, get some, some, uh, some words from our actors. Rob, yes. um, Rob um, welcome to Acme. And, um, and I, I just when I did a quick trawl through the, the great IMDb, obviously you've worked a lot in television. And, um, and is this a sort of a, a, new, t a new, new, uh, new thing for you, the, the, the feature film area? I'm trying to give it? up TV. Oh. It's bad for you. It's a dangerous drug, isn't it? It's dangerous. It's, yeah. it's not good. Um, no, I, I kind of decided quite a few years back that I was really wasn't going to do TV. Having said that, I did one recently, and I was recently in LA for a TV thing. But um, no, I just prefer movies, frankly. I don't think that highly of Australian TV. The scripts aren't great. It's all a bit cliched. Sorry. <laughs> uh, I, I, trust me, I've been, I've been in heaps of it, heaps and heaps and heaps of it. And uh, I think Johnny's probably on the same page, aren't you, mate? <laughs> Just doesn't. It's just not really worthwhile. It doesn't pay anything, and no. doesn't help you, and it's crap. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to work with my mates. <laughs> Sorry. And and how was your experience uh, working on this particular film? Was oh this, well, Jamie, uh, you know, and along with John, ja John and I and Jamie have worked together uh, a bunch of times since Jamie was a student. So we're all mates and. Um, uh, you, you know, working with ja Jamie's just, you know, he just puts everything into it, you know. I, I don't know when he sleeps, he just lives it and breathes it. So it's real, it's just great working for Jamie and to be, you know, 
to be a friend of Jamie's really is really cool. You know? <laughs> Thanks, mate. You're right, all buddy. the right things, obviously. Oh, okay. <laughs> You're in the next one. Don't worry about it. <laughs> I, I was in the next one. We already shot it. And so was John. You already were in the next one. Jamie, it really is a sort of a work of an auteur, isn't it? I mean, you've done the music as well for this film. More of a control freak, freak than control an auteur, freak. I think. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I guess more people would understand what that word yeah. is if, you, if we say I, control um, freak. No, it was, it was fun because my background is music and editing. Oh, okay. So yes. um, it just took out the middleman. I could have sort of in, inner monologue with myself rather than trying to explain <laughs> stuff to other people the whole way through post. So that was kind of, yeah, just streamlined it a little bit for yes. me, which is nice. I guess it's one less wage to pay as well. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, we've got another question from the front here. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, can I just ask a bit more about the acting? Just curious about the process. Was there a big rehearsal process and did you workshop the dialogue? Because performances are great and all the dialogue rings true. And how do you prepare for roles like this? I mean, I've heard a lot about you know, things like Texas Chainsaw Massacre or a film like this, which is pretty gritty and grueling the whole way through and pretty relentless. Can you prepare for that and how did that work? I'm just trying to think. Did we have a rehearsal period? I'm so struggling to remember. That's no, why I flicked we, that one to it's you. It's two and a half years ago. Two, you know, two, we had two no and a half years ago we shot it. We had no rehearsals on the yeah, movie. We, we rehearsed a little bit. Um, remember we blocked a few scenes out? We had like maybe two days. Yeah. We blocked some stuff out, but we didn't really rehearse anything. We didn't do any development with the character. I just knew these guys would be able to play the roles and we, and we, we sort of just workshopped it on set and... Yeah, you know, called cut, turned it off. You know, they were you know back when it called action again. They were back in the moment. So. Now, one, of, act, one of the actors that obviously isn't here is the the, the female lead, Nadia. Mm. Is this? Yes, and and uh, I'm very intrigued to see a French actress in an Australian film. Yeah, we thought yes. they'd make it a little bit more unconventional yes. and fun. <laughs> yes, Nadia very much wanted to do the movie, and um, and she sort of went after the part with great passion. So um, yes, we, I, I looked at her other films, and she was she was great. She worked out terrific. And is she based locally? Or no, no, she no, was in no. Paris. Okay. Pete right, and I flew to Paris and met with her, and um, right. it was tough, wasn't it, Pete? Yeah, it's, uh, <laughs> it's a nice tax write-off, wasn't it? I know, man. It's just, like, it's just rubbish. It's glamour at all, is there? <laughs> <laughs> and um, and, and, uh, and it's, it's, it, there is, I know, uh, Isabelle Huppert came to Australia about 25 years ago, I think, to do a... To, to do cactus and it, so there's a nice sort of tradition emerging I guess yeah. of, and I'm sure we'll be expecting sort of good things from her I mean she's obviously a talented actress she is, and, she's yeah, great she's yeah. very talented and um, is there do you know what she's working on at the moment I or no you have no. lost contact yeah I was we're sad, on to a new movie after that right. sort of all drift apart yes after a while, yeah. <laughs> no, she was good fun yeah no she, she was very good Jamie you had a uh, bit of trouble getting a performance out of the dog oh <laughs> that the dog. See, we just come off a long weekend where we had a fabulous dog who did everything we wanted. But the dog in um, Storm Morning, I fired the first one because it wasn't <laughs> scary. And the second one, I mean, it was, the good news was it was really safe to have around the cast and crew. The, the bad news was it just didn't convey a lot of menace. That's why these, whenever you see the dog, there's a lot of cutting going on, a lot of sound effects, a lot of ominous music. Like yeah. we're working overtime to really sell the fact that that dog's evil. So didn't um, they didn't they pack uh, chicken McNuggets inside? We the tried dog? everything. We, didn't we tried everything, and um, eventually the dog really got to hate David. Um, David played Jimmy, the one who went through the fan. Um, <laughs> David started provoking this thing, and so the only way we could get the dog to react is just bring David by the camera right before action, and then the dog would have some kind of response to him. So. <laughs> That's the only way we could do it, but never work with animals and children, right? <laughs> oh, we've got a question right up the back. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. 
That was, um, we had a couple of guys who were attachments to the movie. Um, they're, they're, they're like commercial directors now and really talented guys. And we ham- handballed the, uh, the horse porno off to them and um, said, let's go and make something. So they created this thing, Velvet Adventures. It was Mr. Velvet or something revolting like that. And I wrote that horrible daggy music that you hear. Yes. <laughs> and um, yeah, they made a whole, a whole film and I, we, I just used those little sections of it. <laughs> Would have made an interesting DVD uh, bonus feature. <laughs> this would make a great trailer, or maybe yeah, not. Maybe not for sure. a special edition <laughs> yeah. down the track, we can include that. Have yeah. <laughs> got any more questions? He's a horse porno. Everett, perhaps you could. Oh, oh uh, wonderful. What, Jim Caviezel. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> different guy, but yeah, uh, no, he was lovely, wonderful guy, really um, c- committed and passionate, almost as much fun as John and uh, Rob here. But you don't want to say, oh, Jesus, around him. Yeah, we had to watch, like I had to watch my mouth a few oh, times. Yeah. Very blasphemous. <laughs> oh, shit, oh, oh, fuck. Oh, sorry. I'm sorry. Oh, fuck. <laughs> yeah. Fucking yeah. Sorry. <laughs> no, it's lovely. And Claudia Carvin and uh, Jim worked together beautifully. It was um, a really nice collaboration. When should we be? Yes, my question. When's it going to be released? Yes. Uh, it's it's got to be sold to a distributor, and then it's on the distributor's timetable whenever they want to put it out there. Well, I wish you luck with that. Yes. yes. Thank yeah. you very much. <laughs> <laughs> Any more questions? Uh, it'll be all territories. So, uh, yeah, whoever buys, uh, in the case of Storm Warning, the Weinsteins bought Australia and America and a couple other places. It just depends on how they, they break up the sales and how it all, you know, how it all works out. Yeah, I read the reviews on Pine Geek. Apparently, very positive for it. Yeah, I'm hoping it's going to come out sometime next year. Um, you know, really, really looking forward to seeing what the reaction to the film's like. And um, it's been great to see there's a couple of positive reviews out there already, so we'll see what happens, you know. I, I'm very proud of the movie. I think it's very faithful to the original story, right? Yeah, we stayed very like close. Saying, I haven't seen the original one, and I never really heard that until I watched um, Not Quite Yeah. No, they... Well, it's, it's now there... Yeah, you can find it now. It's very. It, you, might, you might have to order it in or something. But Long Weekend, the original, is on DVD and um, really worth checking out. Yeah. I had to buy my first copy from the US, which is ironic. So it's an Australian film. But um, you can find it if you look. Did you find that after that, not before it came out, there was quite a boost of interest in the country? Yeah, there is. I'm hoping once the DVD comes out, we'll go to a much wider audience because they had a big wide release for it and unfortunately um, they didn't pull the crowds they needed and they pulled it off the screens after a couple of weeks. But people will discover that mm-hmm. on DVD and it's very interesting what, it, you know, what happened to the genre films and what continues to happen to genre films mm-hmm. in this country. Well, I believe the DVD is coming out, I think, the first week of December. It is, yeah. Just in time for Christmas. If you haven't seen it, I highly recommend <laughs> that one too. And hopefully in this strand we'll be um, screening some of those films over mm. 2009 as well. So, yes, go ahead. Yeah. Oh, great. I didn't know that. Get a bit of stuff happening again. What's your thoughts on the whole Australian genre films and the whole not quite Hollywood effect and all that sort of thing? Genre films are great. There should be more of them. Just don't sell them to the Weinsteins. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Whatever you do. (laughs) I don't know, Ev, what are your thoughts on this uh I, I, I just think we should be making more. Oh, look, look, I've got no problem with genre films. I think if there's a, 
But I don't know at the moment what's wrong with the Australian film industry, why Australians won't go. I'm, you know, I have no well, solution. We can't get into so, cinemas, which is yeah, yeah, so. yeah, that's that was the point that I made with Storm Warning. It, you know, Wolf Creek is a perfect analogy because there's no big name actors in Wolf Creek. And, uh, you know, it's a genre film. It's an Australian genre film. It was the number one movie in 10 years. Made a fortune. And, yeah, so I just don't understand the logic about, uh, you know, relegating these things to DVD at this point. There's clearly a market for these films. So it's, it's very strange. Yeah. Oh, I think I expect that. Yeah, I expect that'll do really well, whether it's good or whether it's bad. Yeah. You know. Yeah, because it's got. Yeah, just yeah, because you can't escape the marketing for it. As yeah, well. you know, like this morning I was. I woke up really early and was watching one of those American shows, and Baz Luhrmann's over there, like about five thirty in the morning here. Baz Luhrmann's t- over there already talking about it, so and I think it's about to release in America. But I expect, whether it's good or bad, it, it'll be the number one box office film this year. Well, I think it's... In, yeah, yeah. Yeah, look, that's a, when I first started, I was really competitive, but now I'm not. Like, if somebody makes a really good Australian film, that's good for everybody. Good for everybody, exactly. So, I'm, yeah, so I want everything to be good now. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, to me. <laughs> well, that's the other thing. You know, no, people, a lot of people come through the school and they like young directors, and they just want to make what they've got to make. But like, well, where are you going to get the money? You know, it's like some, somewhere along the line, the film has to make a bit of money. Art and commerce must yeah, come together. Yeah. Come together somewhere, and they don't, I don't think they teach that enough at the um, at the film schools. Oh, it sounds like they're starting to teach them four very interesting courses at the FTRS. Really, they're doing courses in horror films there. Yeah. Wow. That's terrific. It's really interesting. Cool. Any other questions? Well, yes, of course, we always do try and do as many of these as possible. So, yes, as soon as we... Yes, I'm, I'm looking forward to scheduling Patrick for next year. So, yes, yes, just watch the watch the website, I guess. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> cool. Uh, it's about just a little bit north of four. Sorry? Well, yeah, exactly. Yeah, not all of that was spent on the screen, so, yeah. I'd love to know, Everett, what you're working on at the moment. Are you you're still developing projects, no doubt? Still developing projects and working on a little kids' show that they're doing up in Brisbane uh, called Canine, based on the robot dog from Doctor oh, Who. Right, fantastic. Oh, my God, there's going to be a lot of fans out there. <laughs> so from slasher films to kids, kids TV. We'll get you back doing some slashes, mate. Don't worry, we'll figure something out. <laughs> and, and do you feel that, are you basking in the glory of the not-quite-Hollywood thing at the moment, or you know, are you still waiting for that? To... Oh, yeah. I just, <laughs> where are all these people 30 years ago? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
It's a bit late, but at least it's it's coming now. Yeah. Hopefully, yeah. yeah nice. <laughs> well, I think if that's all our questions, no more burning questions. Well, would you please thank our panel? Thank you, um, thank you so much for coming, and hope to see you back at Acme soon. Cheers. Cheers.